when I started watching Notre Dame football five years ago with my daughter Maggie, I had no idea that I was creating a fanatic. Now, as a 16-year-old, my daughter has not only become a huge Notre Dame fan, but also an expert in all things college football. So much so that we decided to start a podcast together. This is A Dad and a Daughter Talk Notre Dame Football. Good evening, everyone. It's Friday. We're at the kitchen table. It's been a while, but uh, a dad and a daughter talking Notre Dame football is back. This is the summer edition. There's been uh, things going on. We have lots to talk about. Maggie, how have you been? How's your summer? Uh, It's been very busy in terms of Notre Dame, but I'm excited about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. We have lots to talk about, um, and we'll see how much we can get to. Summer practices beginning, everybody. Um, I think it has begun, uh, if not, I'm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of optimism for this Notre Dame football team. Um, a little bit of pessimism. You, you know, you're, you're talking about losing Ian Book and a few, a lot of other notable players. Uh, but well, this will be the season where we truly test the depth of Notre Dame football. I think it's in a good place. Um, but Maggie, what do you think? And what, what do you? How, how are you feeling about Notre Dame football right now? I'm feeling pretty good. I mean. I haven't really actually thought about the season too, too much. Um, but I think we have a strong chance. Um, a lot of unknowns right now. That's the only thing. I saw yesterday, I think that um, ESPN put out something that the, through their computer simulations, they have Notre Dame going 12 and 0. I think with the, the current schedule, I guess it's not even current, the schedule, um, I think there's a good chance for a lot of wins. And just quickly, and we, this is, can be a question we ask every podcast how many wins do you think Notre Dame gets this year? Regular season wins. Mm. What would make you ha- Let me say it this way. What would you be happy with? What would be satisfactory? 10. I think 10. Okay. 10 and 2 would be satisfactory. All right. So what are you most hopeful for, though, now? We're starting the season. Um, what, do you, what's, what is your most optimistic? Uh, what are you most hopeful for? Well, I really hope that besides having a quarterback, like that we know who the starting quarterback is, um, I kind of want to know – what our wide receivers are doing because we have so many Brandon Lindsay. We always talk about him here because he's a favorite. We want him to come back. Um, so seeing where he's at, where I know Kevin Austin is getting some reps in yeah. and he's looking better. Um, even like Avery Davis, any of those guys. And then also just for, for fun, I want to see, you know, in the past we've had some walk-ons kind of turn into mm-hmm. um, real players. And I kind of want to oh. see that happen again this year, just to like a random yeah, walk-on. Yeah. Just for something fun, kind of a weird addition, but yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no, that happens. That that can't happen. I, you know what? I was just thinking while you were saying that, that, um, but I thought I was going to have the hot take where I'm looking for explosiveness from this Notre Dame team that we haven't seen in a while. The Chris Tyrese and the Braden Lindsay's that was going to bring in. Um, so you, you beat me to it, and Kevin Austin. Um, I want to see how explosive this Notre Dame team can be. I'm excited for Jack Cohn. We'll talk about that in a second, and his ability. Um, to throw it downfield and his his willingness to fit it in tight pockets. Ian Book, so far, it looks like he was the more conservative of the, the two quarterbacks as far as what he was willing to try. I'm not saying that's good or bad, and I will probably be uh, first interception that Cohen throws. If he throws one, I will be cursing that he threw it in there, but but I have confidence that, uh, that maybe a little more swashbuckling at our quarterback position might be what we need. We'll see. And so let's get to the quarterbacks. Um, so we're kind of on the same page with that. Explosiveness, wide receivers, running backs. 
uh, the walk-on piece I, I didn't get to, but uh, that's always fun to see. But let's get to the quarterbacks because that's obviously replacing a player of the stature of Ian Book most wins in Notre Dame history is a big deal, and Notre Dame certainly has their set of options. So I'm, gonna, I'm not going to beat around the bush with you, Maggie. Who's going to be the starting quarterback day one Notre Dame football? As much as it might not be the most exciting pick, I'm going with Cone. I don't, I don't know if I, – I think it's either going to be Cone or Pine week one, and I think it's going to be Cone right now. Yeah, so why is that? Reasonings? I mean, just the experience. Pine has had some experience when we're, like, blowing out teams, but not in, like, a real competitive setting, um, unlike uh, Cone, who's played for Wisconsin, took them to the Rose Bowl. I loved that game, personally, right. as a Justin Herbert game. fan. Yeah, um, loves that game. And then also we're playing Wisconsin this year, so that kind of adds another element of you kind of want Cone to start that game. And it needs to be said, since you brought it up, when, when, when Cone was in that game, he was eyeball to eyeball with Justin Herbert, who we've seen mm-hmm. now Rookie of the Year in the NFL, and it's going to do great things in the NFL. So and Cone was right there with him, stride for stride throughout most of that game. Um, so I, I agree with you. I think that plays into a lot of it. Uh, Drew Pine, I, th- I think, is a sneaky kind of, you know, might be the sexy pick later, later in the summer. Uh, <laughs> if, uh, because from what I'm hearing, he knows the offense really well. He's kind of in the Tom Reese mold where he's a little smaller. So doesn't have all the, the wow tools, but, you know, you don't necessarily need those in a, in a Brian Kelly offense. So keep on Drew Pine. Um, let's talk about Let's talk about um, Tyler Buckner, though, because we're kind of, Mm-hmm. around the bush on that one. It's, uh, what are your thoughts about Buckner? What's your prediction for Buckner's season? Well, he's definitely the exciting pick um, of like a high recruit coming in, uh, participated, in, participated in Elite 11, which is like a quarterback kind of um, workout. Competition. Yeah, competition. Um, and did fairly well. Um, the only thing is that in terms of COVID, he hasn't played since his junior year, which is a little bit – Of high school. Junior year of high school, yeah, which is a little bit um, nerve-wracking if you're going to lead a Notre Dame offense. So it will really be interesting. I personally want him to start the Stanford game. Um, Stanford game. Stanford okay. game. So all the way to the last game of the season. Do you think that's his first time he's going to show up? I mean, he's from California. I know it doesn't get that personal, but if Stanford's having an off year um, – and it depends on how it goes. Like maybe Cone gets injured or maybe Pine. Sorry. Um, <laughs> or maybe something just doesn't work out the way we plan. Let's just say that. Um, I could see him starting, but that's kind of like a – as Pine has looked better and better, I'm seeing that be less and less of an option for him to start any game. But we will probably see him in some games, which will be exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think uh, we'll see. It's going to be an interesting talk, especially if Nerding gets off to a hot start. Um, I think their first four or five, they get past Florida State, and their first four or five games, I don't have the schedule in front of me, are pretty winnable. Mm-hmm. Um, get up to that USC game um, and what you want to do there. Um, but if they, get, if they get through USC in mid-October and they're, what are they, what are they four and five, four or five and oh, um, it'd be hard to replace a, a Jack. I mean, teams have done it. Uh, Clemson did it with uh, Trevor Lawrence most recently, uh, where you have an undefeated team, and but you just know you'll play better with the, the, the quarterback in the back. Um, but I agree with you, you know, playing Wilcox high school or whoever he was playing is a lot different than playing Florida state, you know, if your next game. So I think let's, let's wait a while with Buckner. He certainly showed flashes in the blue and gold game, but, um, I'm pretty confident Jack Cohn will be the starter day one battling out with Drew Pine, not with Tyler Buckner. Any thoughts on, on, on Clark at this point? Kind of just don't know. He's been injured. 
I just feel like he he's just really gotten unlucky with that injury. I don't know if he would be in the mix. He was – I think he was kind of – it was a question of if Pine or Clark was number two last year. Um, so it would have been a much in, more interesting um, competition if Clark was there. But, you know, who knows? I honestly kind of think that he might be um, set to transfer just because um, of his injury and the timing. But we'll see. Maybe he'll have this miraculous recovery and do great. You know, and this is what happens when, you know, you get the, the newest, latest – thing to come through uh you know the newest latest recruit you always get more excited about the buckners and even the drew pines um but you know, people forget clark was right there when the, when we brought him up he was he was a three or four star recruit and and from and has kind of the, all the the intangibles the looks of it um bigger guy throws a nice ball um, just has had a ton of experience and he's injured so who knows at this point what, what we're going to get to him it could be also that clark says you know what I'm good here. Maybe I should move on to a Mac school or something like that to mm-hmm. be a starter. So I could see him going to the transfer portal as well. I don't know that's a good thing, but it could happen. All right. Um, other players are you going to keep an eye on? We mentioned a few before, but what else are you looking at in the summer or to start the season? Yeah, so I already touched on the wide receivers. Um, I do want to see Chris Tyree and see how he does with Kyron um, Williams because I think those two are really going to have a great year. Um, and then also some of our new like freshmen coming in. I'm personally sticking with um, running backs. Really excited with Logan Diggs, and I think it's pronounced Audric Estime. Um, but Audric Estime is like, if you've seen the pictures of him, he's like probably 17, 18, and he has like these massive shoulders, <laughs> and he just it's very different than Kyron and um, Chris Terry. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. Maybe a lot of touchdowns near the goal line. Yeah. yeah inside inside the three yard line carries something like that maybe i don't know um i'm looking forward to our defense side the ball isaiah foske let's see him take a big step forward become much more consistent and kind of a force on that side of the ball and also houston griffith i think with the marcus freeman i think he's very much buying into i mean he was going to leave and then marcus freeman comes in and Mm -hmm. so i think he's very much buying into what we're doing i really want to see that guy's five-star talent start to shine um i'm really rooting for him this year uh, as far as two people that I want to take that next step forward, I think they can. I'm excited to see him. Um, all right. Over the summer, there was some huge news for, I mean, earth shattering. Never thought it would happen. Kind of news from college football. The NIL or the name, image, and likeness uh, rules came out. or um, And players are now able to uh, bundle their rights and uh, get paid for their likeness pay for their name, their image, uh, really just make money uh, being football players. Um, And people have taken this uh, in all different directions from, you know, Bryce Young is the most famous one, I think, out of Alabama. Quarterback has not really even thrown a real pass. He hasn't started a game at Alabama, we'll say it that way, is making upwards of $800,000 already. Um, What do you think, Maggie, about this name, image, and likeness stuff? Any just thought, random thoughts on it? I'm a little on the fence on the mo or in the moment or like sorry at the moment, at the moment. Um, but we'll see how it goes. Right now everything's so loose that it's really difficult to say if this is going to be a good thing or a bad thing in the long run. I'm sure that it's going to be a little bit of both. Um, <laughs> but it's been fun to see players come out with their own merch, um, yeah. and I know that some have started podcasts or done like brand deals with certain I think our offensive line is getting sponsored by I think I saw a short company the official shorts of the offensive line and also <laughs> yeah. a barbecue place which are great deals for the whole sure. offensive line sure. 
Um, it's interesting to see. I don't know. Personally, it seems weird to me that Bryce Young's making so much money um, as someone who hasn't even started a game. So yeah, that's ridiculous. Uh, it seems a little weird right now, but we'll, I guess we'll see how it shakes out. I mean, obviously you weren't alive during these times, but when it was the wild, wild west of SMU football and and uh, a lot of paying players and it just got out of hand and I fear that that's going to happen again. I've, I have always been a proponent of uh, having the players get money for their leg. I think it's ridiculous that you can sell a jersey in the bookstore. That's obviously, say, an Ian Book jersey and he gets nothing from it. Um, but at the same time, I hope that the NCAA, I think the NCAA has missed a big moment here where they could have controlled it. And now it's out of the barn and good luck. Um, and I think also, though, just a warning for the players, when you start taking money for doing things, um, that brings a, a different pressure. And I hope that especially the Notre Dame athletes, student athletes don't lose um, their focus on studies and a focus on the team. Um, but, you know, certainly there can be calls of, hey, I need you to come out here and shoot this commercial instead of go to English class. And that that could be a real problem. So we'll see. We'll see as this goes. But I, I'm in favor of it. Probably 60, 40 um, at this point. I'd like to see a little bit more control and restraint on it. But who knows? Um, and who knows what will happen with teams and how this will benefit teams. Uh, you know, interesting things. Um, I don't know that players even are considering doing their taxes off this money or anything like that. So interesting things to discuss. Uh, so one of the things you kind of touched on was a podcast and uh, by uh, Kyle Hamilton and help me out. Who's who the three other guys? Uh, Kyle Hamilton and three other guys. That's yeah. Nice. That's maybe what you're <laughs> So it's called Inside the Garage. Yeah, it's called Inside the Garage, and it's um, Kyle Hamilton, Cam Hart, and KJ Wallace, who are all defensive backs, and then also um, Connor Radigan, um, who is a walk-on wide receiver. Right, and uh, so since you are a podcasting expert, maybe and have been the only person at this table that's listened to the actual podcast, want to give us a take on the, the podcast? What you think? I thought it was interesting. It was it was their first episode, and it was about sixty four minutes. So I didn't sit down and listen to the whole thing at once. Um, I hope that it was just long because it was the first episode. But I I did listen to the whole thing. Um, so it was interesting to see like a player's perspective on. Um, they talked a lot about the NIL and how um, they think that it's weird that players are getting paid more than some of the coaches, and they feel like that's a little wrong. Oh, wow. yeah. um, and also how. Um, just about Bryce Young, basically, um, and also how they're worried that it's going to change some locker room um, feelings, I guess, dynamics. Yeah, um, they don't think it's going to happen at Notre Dame, but no one can really predict that at this point. Uh, it was interesting to listen to. Um, I it was, it was uh, long, but yeah. In like depth, it, it was in depth. So <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the crisp twenty-five minutes that ours usually is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, good. I mean, I, I think it's an interesting. I do have one question about that. If if Colin Coward, who owns the podcasting company, ever has to comment on any of those players, will he take the chance to do it, or or is he going to protect his brand and protect the podcast? It, uh, interesting thoughts. I think these are all things that, like I said, we're going to have to think about. But I'm glad you know. It's glad they're doing something creative and it's fun. It's, it's like you said, it's a good way to see inside. Uh, what's going on in division one football. Uh, and speaking of things that are going on in division one football, the other kind of earth shattering news is that Oklahoma and Texas long been associated with the Southeastern Southwest conference, sorry. And the big 12 just name stays in, in mid America football are now moving to the SEC. 
and uh, becoming more involved with the South style of football. Uh, not that there's styles, but just a different vibe there. Um, what do you think about that? Oklahoma and Texas, two of the biggest brands in all of college football, moving out of the Big 12, pretty much killing that division and moving to the SEC. Maybe killing it's too large, but. Yeah. Um, so I wrote a little pros and cons list myself. Oh, go ahead. Um, it's, it's not great. Um, but <laughs> the, the pros that I saw for, um, the big, or for Texas and Oklahoma, this one is only for Oklahoma, but they don't have to play Kansas state anymore. Um, or they have to, <laughs> but not until 2025, <laughs> yeah. um, 2025 is when their schedule will become more SEC. Right. Not a, right, right. Yeah. Um, they'll get more money from the SEC. Of course, we were just talking about Bryce Young a ton. The Alabama quarterback is already making like oh, six figures. NIL, so. Yeah. They'll make a lot more uh, money. So? It I'm could be sure. a draw. Yeah. Um, just in the SEC. I don't know what the SEC is going to look like, but it's mm -hmm. already crazy. Mm -hmm. um, and then better for recruiting, possibly because everyone wants to play SEC football. But also on the con side, you have to play an SEC schedule, which will be interesting because, of course, right now Oklahoma is seen as like a top contender, and their schedule again won't shift until 2025, so it won't really affect them. But it's going to be interesting to see if um, the it just takes a toll on their programs and maybe they'll make that move back because they're notorious for not playing defense right. in the big 12. And I don't know how that shift's going to go. Well, um, I mean, if, if anything, it's you want, you want to talk about SEC football, you're talking defense first um, and then offense second, which was definitely the opposite. So go ahead, go ahead. Cut you off. I was kind of, that's all I kind of uh, was yeah, going to say. Yeah. Um, I think that it, it, we'll see how it goes. I think from a football standpoint, I don't know that Oklahoma and Texas, if you look at kind of how they played, especially Texas hasn't even been in the playoff recently. But if you ever, I don't even know if they've ever been in the playoff. Um, but if you've seen how Oklahoma plays in the playoff, they get blown out by by Alabama or blown out by these upper level teams, Clemson, although they're not in the SEC. But when you're talking about the SEC, that's I think even a whole other step that Oklahoma's not prepared for. Like you said, they're not going to be dealing with Kansas State. They're going to be dealing with Auburn now. Um, Certainly, and Mississippi State's probably even on the come up, and you know, kind of. So, certainly, I guess, and maybe even Vanderbilt uh, mm -hmm. could, with Clark Lee. You know, who knows? These teams could be a lot better. I think it's a step up. We'll see. Maybe it helps with recruiting. I don't know what they're thinking. Could be a, just a pure money thing. Um, I also think I don't think the committee selection committee, if they stay to four teams now, it could go to twelve. If it stays at four for the playoff, I don't see the committee ever taking three SEC teams. So now you're talking about um, Alabama and LSU possibly because they'll come back, or Florida. I just don't see it happening for Texas and Oklahoma anytime soon. They had a much better, maybe she did, they had a much better chance of being a Big 12 champion mm -hmm. like Oklahoma did. Um, uh, so anyway, that's just my kind of take on it. I think it's a foolish move by Oklahoma and Texas. What do I know? I don't run a university. Um, I'm not trying to make a lot of dollars. I'm sure it makes financial sense, but uh, same time, it's not great for your football. I can see them being mediocre, mid-level SEC teams, and then what do you have? Um, wait, it just the thought then, because it just it kind of comes up. But Notre Dame to a conference that that always seems to come up a little bit. I mean, they played in a conference last year. Any new thoughts on that? I. You know, being a Notre Dame fan, I don't want them to be in a conference. Um, it was fun last year, and it's not necessarily because I'm afraid of that conference championship, even though we did lose, um, but just because I like the flexibility of playing USC and Stanford 
um, every year and just playing like those rivalry games, or I don't know if Stanford's a rivalry, but those fun games. Um, and we also are one of the teams that's never played an FCS team, which is worth noting. So, um, it's impressive. Um, and also we like being independent. I don't think it's going to happen even though we did play that one season, but I guess we'll see with all this realignment, who knows? Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen from now on. But, but uh, I do agree with you that I think Notre Dame having kind of a, a national perspective on this to play the Stanford's to play the Boston college to play, you know, these other teams anytime we want really is powerful. Notre Dame's not going into a conference anytime soon, but it just comes up every time. I think people maybe hopefully are getting the point, um, but whatever, we'll see. Um, any final thoughts as we, we take off this summer edition? We'll probably be back maybe before August 24th, but we'll see. Um, and then maybe, the season, maybe we'll start next in the season. But any final thoughts, recruiting, anything like that? Um, yeah, I mean, the only update about recruiting is that Marcus Freeman has been doing a really great job. Uh, I think in terms of like on 24-7, if you look at the top recruiters, he's definitely in the top 10, maybe in the top five right now for the 2022 or 2023 class um just looking at rankings right now um we're fourth nationally in the 2022 24-7 national rankings of teams Mm -hmm. um with a lot of good defensive commitments especially on um, linebackers um since marcus freeman has joined and then we also got a five-star in the 2023 class um i think brennan brendan vernon brennan vernon um i'm sure i'll know that in the coming months yeah um so we don't get a five-star um, a lot, so it was nice to see. And so it was kind of surprising, honestly, but um shows how hard Marcus Freeman's working. I mean, it's just that next step that Notre Dame needs to take. You need to become a top-five recruiting class. And it looks like they're on their way. Hopefully it continues. Maybe another five-star here and there. I'm getting greedy, but, uh, you know, that's how it goes. We could always use more five-stars. We can yeah. at this point. The season hasn't started. All right, Maggie, you're saying let me get this all wrapped up, but 10 and 2 is where you're going as the, as the baseline. Yeah. All yeah. Right. 10 yeah. And 2, you're saying Jack Cohn starts the season. Mm-hmm. Who ends the season? Mm, like against Stanford or no, just, just like in, in, in general? The bowl, bowl game. Oh, okay. Mm, I'm going to stick with Cohn. Okay. I, I am as well. Uh, player you're looking out for is those the, running backs. Those running backs, as am I. We're both fans of the NIL. We're both not fans of Oklahoma and Texas moving to the Southeastern Conference. And recruiting's going great. Mm-hmm. And we both are so excited. Can't wait for Notre Dame football. Do you know how many days until the next game, Megs? I believe it's – I read 37 somewhere. Really? That seems like a lot. That might have been really? from a few days like ago. 37? Oh. Okay, know. we'll stick with 37 for we'll now. We'll go with that. In 37 days, check back with us. Yeah. We'll still share it. All right, everybody. Uh, until later, Maggie. Stay classy, everyone. All right, go Irish. Thank you for listening. Join us next Friday night for another episode of A Dad and a Daughter Talk Notre Dame Football.